how do you be the best leader you can be, have the most incredible team that works for you, do the impactful work that you and your team want to do, and make that big difference for your clients and the people in the community you serve? You do that with intentionality. Today, you're going to learn four building blocks that are going to help you be a more intentional leader using the intentional leadership model. Let's get started. Welcome to the Surviving to Thriving podcast that helps women leaders in nonprofits get out of survival mode and thrive in both leadership and life. I'm your host, leadership development coach, Kathy Archer, and I help women leaders enjoy impactful leadership. Where most of us live is anything but intentional. We're reacting to the to-do list, the emails, the fires, the drama, the crisis, the things that are just demanding our attention, and we spend most of our time in reactionary mode. What we want to do instead is learn to be more intentional with our thoughts, our interactions, our behavior, the way we engage with people, how we run meetings, how we do one-to-one supervisions, All of that, we want to be more intentional about how we do it. The question is, how do you do that with no time? How do you be more intentional when you don't even have time to think, go to the bathroom, grab a snack, let alone prepare for a one-to-one meeting or figure out how to handle those relationships that are triggering you? In the last podcast episode, I introduced you to the intentional leadership model. The intentional leadership model helps you be more intentional in your leadership. It walks you through both the incredibly important inner work of leadership, as well as the outer engaging work of leadership. And it teaches you how to do that in a way that allows you to almost slow down time, because time doesn't slow down, but almost slow down time so that you can engage in the work you're doing, the people you're working with in a way that makes you feel good, makes you feel authentic, that you're leading with integrity, and that you're making that difference that you wanna do. All of those things are important. So the components of the intentional leadership model start with the inner guidance cycle, which I've been teaching you for years. Pause, ponder, pivot, proceed. We need to, at times in our day, slow down, step back, pause, and tune in. Sometimes that's in a tiny little brief moment of time where you tune inside in the middle of a meeting when you're triggered or a conversation, you're like, ooh, better get control of myself. That can be going through the inner guidance cycle. It might be taking 10 minutes in the afternoon to reflect on a meeting that you had and what happened, or to prepare for a meeting or a conversation that you're going to have. Might be journaling in the evening at home. All of that could be the inner guidance cycle, but you pause and then you ponder. And when you're pondering, you're looking at your thoughts, your feelings, your body sensations, what's happening you inside of you, what thought triggered what behavior, what values are coming into play, how you want to lead with morals and ethics and all of the stuff that makes you feel like you're being a strong leader. When you're pondering, you're looking at what the other person did, what's happening in the big world. You're really contemplating and thinking about and taking all of the stuff that's happening around you and pulling it into going, ooh, that's a lot, and let me unpack it. We don't often take time to do that unpacking of all of that. But that's so important, and that's why the ponder stage is there. 
So again, we need to pause before we can ponder. We pause, we ponder, and then often what happens is we do some of the pivoting. We start to see new perspectives. We start to choose new ways of thinking about things. Our thoughts, how we're thinking, the judgments, the filters, the lens that we see things through, our opinions, the stories that we're making up, all of that impacts our feelings and and our emotions and thus our behaviors, the way we're acting. So we have to start shifting and, and changing those thoughts in our head if we want to experience things differently. So that pivot place is where you start to go, is that thought actually giving me the emotions, the feelings and getting me to where I wanna go? Is that thought going to lead me to interact in that meeting, in that conversation with that person in a way that is going to get us to the outcome that I desire? And if not, what thought will? How do I need to shift that? Or that perspective shift might be, hmm, I see I've been thinking about it this way all along, but there are a ton of other ways to see it. So we need to do that pivot to get to that new perspective. So pause, ponder, pivot, and then we need to proceed back into action. Once we've made the decision, come up with a new way of seeing things, shifted our perspective, had some ahas about what triggered us and what values we've been maybe not honoring or pushing to the side that we need to bring back in. When we've had that aha, we need to go back into engaging in that meeting, having that conversation, doing the work that we do all day, every day. And that brings us to the other side of the intentional leadership model, which is a Mobius. It's that infinity loop that goes back and forth. So you go through the inner guidance cycle, pause, ponder, pivot, proceed. You come back out and you engage with your people. You go to the meetings, you have the conversations, you do the work that is needing to be done to run your organization. And then something happens and you come back in and you pause again and go through that inner guidance cycle and back and forth we go. And you could go through this a zillion times a day where you're like, whoo, did I just see something in their face and, and you realize, oh, maybe I said something and then you course correct and that's that pause, ponder, pivot, proceed back into people. And that happens on an ongoing basis. There are four building blocks that I want to introduce you to today that are gonna help you do that inner guidance cycle back into the people, the intentional leadership model with more intention, more ease, more confidence and more fluidity so that you're doing it on a regular basis. The first building block is inner work is imperative. We rarely find time, take the time, make the time to do the inner work, both in our heads and in our hearts and in our souls, that is so incredibly important for personal growth and development, for managing your emotions, for being a more in tune leader, for being a more intentional leader. We rarely have that time to do the inner work and yet it is so imperative to be a good leader that you take the time to do the inner work. So when I'm thinking about inner work, I'm thinking about what are my values? What's important to me? And not just, oh yeah, family's important to me, but what does that mean? And how do you honor that value? When you are honoring that value, what actions are you taking? What are you doing with your time when you're honoring that value? And what if that value of family rubs up against that value of lifelong learner? Where for me, this has happened a zillion times, learning, continuing to grow and develop is incredibly important to me. But when I have a course to take on a weekend, that's the same weekend that my daughter's dancing. That's when values clash. Or what if you value honesty, 
but man, you don't want to tell that employee what's really going on. And so you hedge and you him and haw and you hold back. And there's this rub because you know you're not being completely honest, but there's also this fear of hurting their feelings. Those two values can often get in the way of each other. What do you do with that? That's some of the inner work I'm talking about. The inner work allows us to really get a sense of what makes us tick, why it makes us tick, how it makes us tick, and how we use all of that as we engage in the work we do and the people we work with. So when you're having a tough conversation and you you know, think, oh, I don't want to go into that conversation, you can step back and do some of the inner work and go, why is that conversation so important to me that I know I have to do it, and yet what's triggering me about why I keep avoiding it? What's the real story here? What's the the situation that's happening? Those kinds of contemplative moments for you are really going to help you be a better leader. So inner work is imperative. It's imperative that you dive deeper into the inner workings of your body, mind, heart, and soul. How you do that is often some of that self-reflective stuff that we think, we believe we don't have time for. It is writing things down. It is maybe doing some meditation. It's maybe going for a walk. It's maybe having a conversation with someone, a coach, a, a mentor, your partner, somebody to go, help me understand what's going on here. And that inner work helps you dive in. So we have to make time for that inner work because inner work is so imperative. Without the inner work, we're running blind. That's why if you've heard of blind spots, it's all of those things that you're doing that you don't realize you're doing or don't recognize that are issues for you because you've never slowed down to tune in and check out what's actually going on or got some feedback and then contemplated on that feedback or reflected on that feedback. So inner work is imperative. Take time to do the work. And this is where it all starts. It's hard to do the whole rest of this back and forth if we never make that commitment to doing some of the inner work. Building block number two, movement is mandatory. Without movement, we get stuck, we get stale, and we stink. And you start to feel stuck, you start to feel icky, and you start to resent sometimes where you're at, what's happening. We need to move inside of us, and we as a team need to move. I was preparing some content around change and how to deal with change for the members of my training library, my membership site. And I was saying, change is constant. We think of change as a thing that happens here and here and here, but change is always going on. Heck, our body changes within a month. Like I think we have all new skin and all new hair or something to that degree. We're constantly changing. And that requires some of that movement within us and around us. Things in our organization are never static. And if we move with them rather than resisting and trying to not, you know, go through that change or not deal with that issue, then it becomes difficult. Movement, picking up our feet and going with the current is important. So it's important when we think about movement as mandatory in this intentional leadership model to think about moving through both the inner guidance cycle, moving through all of those inner thoughts, doing that self-reflective piece and outer. We can get stuck in our heads and just keep thinking, 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 overthinking. We can get stuck in just saying in that sort of, oh, these are this is what's important to me. This is what I value and never actually having the courage to get out and have that conversation. Or we can get stuck over here in conversations and meetings and to-do lists and Zoom calls 
and never do the inner work that's actually going to grow us to help us be a better leader. So we need to be doing the movement through the outer piece as well as coming back through the inner piece. We need to move forward. Think about inner organizations. Again, growth is inevitable. And if we want to develop our organization, make the most impact that we can have on our clients and our communities and for our employees, we need to continue to grow and develop and move each of us individually as a team, as an organization, as a sector. We need to do that growth. When you think about the stories of businesses or companies or people that never grew, what happened? They're a thing of the past. So we need to grow. We need to continue to move and be flexible in that. So that requires us to think about how are we growing, but also that movement between that inner and outer. Like I say, on an ongoing basis throughout your day. It's not just a one-time thing. You might want to think about doing this as a more intentional practice at the end of the day in a space where you've got 15, 20 minutes to really do it. But you're also going to be doing it all day long, back and forth, inside, back out, inside, back out, almost simultaneously sometimes where you're tuning in going, why am I getting so anxious? Why do I suddenly feel so tense and and frustrated? And what are they doing? What's happening for them? And who just said, that's that going back and forth. And in that moment, saying the things that need to be said or biting your tongue, if that's what you need to do, or waiting until someone else has finished sharing their opinions before you get curious about theirs or check in. It's also about moving outside your comfort zone. We get stuck in our comfort zones where it's actually really not comfortable. We're settling, we're complying, we're putting up with. We kind of stay where we know what we know and we've always known and we can do it. And so we stay there. Sometimes we need to step outside our comfort zone individually and as an organization or a team. We need to step outside of our comfort zones, both individually as a team and an organization. When you have the opportunity to try a new role, do you do it or do you stay in that comfortable zone, that place, that position that you've always been? Maybe it's not changing roles. Maybe it's just sitting on a committee or going to a meeting that you've never been to a regular meeting before. Stepping outside your comfort zone requires you to move through that icky place and try something different or something new. Might be a way of engaging with one of your staff in a meeting, trying a different way of running a staff meeting. All of those things require you to step out of your comfort zone. And by definition, being outside your comfort zone is uncomfortable. So you're going to have to get out there and try those things, which leads us to our third building block. Vulnerability is vital. If we are going to lead with intention and build ourselves both personally and professionally to be a better leader, be a better human, have the impact we want, then it's going to require us to be a little bit uncomfortable. We're going to have to be vulnerable, both going inside and tuning in to what's going on inside of us. We don't always want to look inside and go, did I handle that the right way? Was I best my best self in that situation? Is there a better way I could handle it in the future? How do I want to engage with this person who's driving me nuts? Sometimes those are places that don't feel so good to go to. And it feels like we're almost opening ourselves up and it feels vulnerable. We feel like we're putting ourselves open to, if we're doing it personally, maybe falling apart. And you know, if we fall apart, how do we rein it back in? Or if we're being vulnerable with other people, what if they attack us? What if they, you know, say something or do something that really makes us go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Vulnerability is courage. 
And yet many of us think about it as weakness. If you've listened to the work of Brene Brown around vulnerability, she will tell you that what most people believe is that when they see vulnerability in others, they see it as a strength. But when they think about themselves being vulnerable, it feels like weakness. But vulnerability is a strength. Vulnerability is courage. Vulnerability is not oversharing. Vulnerability is not falling apart. Those are completely different things. Sometimes when you're vulnerable, you cry or feel like you are being emotional, not too emotional, but being emotional, bringing emotions into it. And that's part of what vulnerability is. It's a raw authenticity. It is being real. It is being true. So if I am having a conversation with you and we've been at odds for the last couple months and maybe I know that I've just been like nitpicking at you and you've been kind of and and I finally say, hey, you know what? I realized the last couple months have been difficult for both of us and we haven't been getting along very well. That's vulnerability. I didn't cry. I didn't fall apart. It was just a truth. And in that moment, it kind of opens up to where we're at. Now, if I say it, we haven't been getting along and this is ridiculous, we got to figure things out. That's probably not vulnerability. It's opening up. It's allowing yourself in that moment to check in and see what's going on, both, like I say, for you and the other person. If we're thinking about the inner guidance cycle and vulnerability to get you through the pause, ponder, pivot, and proceed, first you have to be vulnerable enough to pause. Because sometimes pausing allows our emotions to catch up to us. And we're like, oh my God. And then we get, you know, we fall apart and we get angry or we've been holding it together so long. And when we pause, that's when we can't hold it together any longer. And that's actually an important thing to recognize is we have to create space to pause. And if we're going to be vulnerable with ourselves and look at what's really going on, why is that happening? What triggered me? What do I really want to do in this situation? What's going to move me forward? If we're going to get to that place, we have to slow down and then allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Part of that is creating the space to be vulnerable. If you never have time where you can shed a tear, dig deeper, explore something, take time to move from emotion to feeling to emotion to thoughts to values. If you never have time to create that space, it's hard to be vulnerable. So that's one of the first really important things to consider is making space for that. 10, 15 minutes a day is lots, more is lovely. Even if it's one or two or five minutes, that's incredibly important. But a space in your calendar, like time, but also a space physically where you can sit and just tune in and allow yourself some vulnerability around what's going on for you. Vulnerability is vital. So inner work is imperative. Movement is mandatory. Vulnerability is vital. And the fourth building block is curiosity is critical. Curiosity is the lifeblood that pulls you from that inner work to the people, to the outer work and back and forth. It pulls you through this going back and forth between what's going on inside of me, engaging that conversation. Why did they say that and it triggered me so much and heading into the meeting. Curiosity pulls you back and forth and you're getting curious rather than judgmental about, huh, what does that body sensation mean to me? What's happening when I tighten up in my relationship with this other person? What if I engage in that conversation and I get triggered? How am I going to handle that? Hmm. Okay, that didn't go so well. 
uh, I'm, it's time to go back in and try something different. Or what if I ran staff meeting differently? Or when you're talking to another person, tell me what's the real issue here? What are you really struggling with? Getting curious rather than solving their problems, giving them answers. As leaders, we think our job is to be the problem solver, the fixer, the know-it-all, the expert. And that's actually not our job as leaders. Our job as leaders is to take our group of people, grow them to be the best they can, help them reach their full potential so that together we can get to the destination, that vision that I create together with my team and my organization and continue to communicate and inspire and create hope around. That vision for a future isn't a building or a program. That vision for the future is how we do our work together, the impact we have in that program, in that building. We have to create that vision. So as somebody comes to me and says, hey, I have a problem, it's really easy for me to solve that. It's really easy for me to fix that because I'm the expert, I know it all, I've been around forever, I've got the answers. But that's not actually gonna help that person grow. That's actually not gonna help that person get to their full potential so that they don't have to come back to you next time. That maybe they know the answer or maybe they can help their peers with it. Or maybe they've learned a little bit more and next time they come to you, they'll be like, I got this much, I just need to get to this next level. When you get curious and ask them questions, help them explore things rather than giving them the answer, that's going to help them grow and develop and reach their potential. So rather than why did you do it that way? It's like, what else have you considered? What's the thing that you want to figure out here? What's the missing piece for you? What have you already figured out here? What's the next step that we need to get to? When you start asking those questions, they start coming up with the answers in their head. They start figuring things out. They start to develop a level of confidence and you start to help them reach their full potential so that together you're getting further. See how that works? Curiosity both on the inner guidance cycle side and the people side is what keeps pulling you back and forth. Now, I want to go back a moment to vulnerability is vital. If you look at a Mobius or a infinity loop, that sort of sideways figure eight, there's a point in the middle where they cross. That point is really around courage and vulnerability. If I'm going to go inside and do some of that personal growth work, personal development work, figuring myself out, it takes a level of courage and vulnerability to go there, to go sit down, grab a piece of paper, explore my values, to sit down and look at what thought led to what feeling and what behavior, and is that the behavior I want? Mm, nope. Then what thought do I need to change? How do I need to change that thought to create a different emotion so that I respond in a different way? That takes vulnerability and courage. It takes vulnerability and courage to go at the other side of the loop and go, you know what? We need to have a conversation. Things aren't going so well on your team and we need to talk about how we're going to change that. That requires a level of vulnerability. Sit down with somebody and say that. If you've gone through the inner guidance cycle and you're like, man, our team meetings are not going so well and I want to introduce a new idea about how to run them, again, a level of vulnerability and courage to pop out the other side of that Mobius and go, hey guys, let's talk about staff meetings and how we're going to shift them. Curiosity gets you back and forth. Vulnerability is critical for you to get in and out and while you're in both places. Vulnerability is vital. Curiosity is critical. Movement is mandatory. You have to go back and forth. But it's the inner work that's imperative. 
If you don't do the inner work of leadership, you're never going to be an intentional leader. You're going to be a reactionary leader. You are going to run around like a chicken with your head cut off. You are going to never create the experience of leadership and life because both are important and both are critical for you as you go forward. But you're never going to create the experience of leadership for you and your team if you're not intentional and intentional about doing the inner work. Inner work is imperative. Movement is mandatory. Curiosity is critical and vulnerability is vital. When you do those things and you move back and forth between the inner guidance cycle, you'll start to move towards being a more intentional leader, feeling more integrity, authentic, in control of your emotions as well. Didn't touch on that one today, but you know that one's always there. And you'll be really creating that experience for your team and the people you serve so that you, my dear, can move from surviving to thriving in both your leadership and life. Go make the rest of your day awesome, my dear. If you found today's episode helpful, then you are going to love the training library. Many women leaders in nonprofits wish that they had a coach or a mentor to help them, but they don't believe that they or their organization can afford it. Oh, but you can. Inside of the training library membership site, you will not only get access to affordable and easily accessible ongoing personal and professional development training, you will also have access to a leadership coach at your fingertips. That way, when you hit those inevitable challenges that leadership will bring your way, you'll have both the resources and the support to navigate your way through them with confidence, composure, and while keeping your integrity intact. To find out more, head to kathyarcher.com slash library. If you are enjoying the show, I'd love it if you could leave me a comment or a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Go make the rest of your day awesome. Awesome.